Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Friday, week seven in the NFL just kicked off last night. And, you know, we do this show, talk football, break everything down for an hour and a half every single day. And then all of a sudden, quarterbacks don't matter and your top two running backs don't matter. That's just what happens in the NFL, folks. So another wonky Thursday night football game where the team with no starting quarterback in their two running backs that were out and uh, their third string running back absolutely dominates the game. And Teddy Bridgewater can't keep pace, uh, can't keep scoring pace with the third string running back that nobody's ever heard of in his first start. Come on, Teddy B. Big disappointment out there. So got to break down the Thursday night football from last night. Um, got to do our official picks for this week, folks. Feeling good. I know we teased, not even teased, straight up spoiled uh, two of our big picks. Yesterday when we were predicting the lines because the value was just so uh, just so striking that Vegas would disrespect these teams kind of in back-to-back weeks. So we'll unveil our six picks for this week and see if we're going to be riding that uh, Bengals special, folks, because the last two weeks we've been having a special seventh bonus pick and we've been taking the Bengals. Are we going to do the same thing this week? You have to stick around. You have to stick around for that. Um, and then, as always, we got to do our NBA daily ten. And then, if we have time, we do want to still in uh, kind of break down and inspect Sam Darnold's performance from last week. Looking at all the incompletions, are they on Sam Darnold or are they on the? wide receiver. So if we have time in the show, which we might today, we will break that down as well. Sam Darnold from last week. So without further ado, let's start our NBA 10. And once again, apologies. The on-screen clock is still not working. We are trying our damnedest over here. We have our best takes by fans engineers on the case here, 24 hours a day, uh, trying to get this clock on the screen. So uh, stay with us, folks. We've still got a long NBA season. The clock will make an appearance. I will promise that at one point this season. Uh, But uh, let's just start our NBA Daily 10. 10 minutes of uninterrupted basketball talk of what just happened yesterday in the NBA and the clock starts now alrighty big day in the NBA not big day mini mini big day because all the stars studded teams were kind of out playing last night only three games but they are all pretty good pretty good so let's start here with the Mavericks at the Hawks and man oh man a blowout for this Hawks team um Love seeing Trey Young back out there with Clint Capella, and Clint Capella still getting it done. 12 points, 13 rebounds, 6 of 6 from the field. Get it done, big fella. Absolutely love. I'm loving this Hawks team, and we were loving this team uh, last season as well. We were betting on them, all that. We knew they would win the first round matchup against the Knicks in the playoffs, all that. And they are really continuing to pick up exactly where they left off. Trey Young, 19 points, 14 assists, absolutely killing it. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 11 points, 3 of 5 from the 3. 
he's just getting his beak wet here in this uh, in this game. Hopefully, he can kind of you know continue the good level of three-point shooting that we know Bogdan Bogdanovich can shoot at. He went a little ghost, a, a tad slight ghost mode in the playoffs last season, but overall in the regular season, we can never we, we don't have to ever worry about this man. So hopefully, he can kind of continue to grow his game. But overall, we're loving what we're seeing from Bogdan Bogdanovich game one here. John Collins still playing the four, 16 points, nine rebounds, three assists, one steal, two blocks, the great defensive four here for this Hawks team. And then DeAndre Hunter uh, being in the three here. I think Bogdan Bogdanovich was playing the three last season. I don't remember him playing the two here. So DeAndre Hunter now at the three, 11 points, three rebounds, one assist, one steal. Pretty solid for his real first performance in the starting lineup here. So this is a real solid Hawks team off the bench. We got Kevin Herter who was Always a solid bucket off the bench. 6.6 rebounds last night. A plus 6 on the floor. Cam Reddish. Yes, sir. Hopefully he can stay healthy for the entire season. 20 points on 21 minutes off the bench. That's what we're talking about. So we'll see if these bench players can keep it up and uh, you know what they can do with this starting lineup because a nice blowout win over a decently good Mavericks team. No? Luka Doncic a little disappointed overall in the scoring totals. Uh, nobody really took over the game scoring-wise for this Mavericks team. Luka Doncic, 18 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, solid performance, but he struggled from the 3, only 2 of 7. Tim Hardaway Jr., last season, you know, we had a decent stretch last season where Tim Hardaway Jr. was kind of our sixth man of the year, and uh, he's kind of, you know, doing another solid job here. Just It was just nothing great from the Mavericks last night, nothing to overreact to. It's one game folks first game so we're not going to overreact to it but uh tim hardaway jr 14 points on 44 uh, shooting not the worst two of six from three definitely got to clean it up a little bit but uh you know we're expecting big things from tim hardaway jr Dwight Powell playing the five. Porzingis still playing the four. I hate this, folks. Porzingis, get down low. Play the five. Porzingis and Anthony Davis, you really have to play the five. I know y'all love the outside shot, and you are good at it. You've developed it. You are decently. You, you, you've you earned the right to take the three really whenever you want because, you know, most of the time you're going to shoot a real solid percentage. They're not jacking up, you know, ten threes a game. They can, but that's not, you know, they'll, they'll usually take three, four, five threes a game and make about 30%, three, 2 of 5, 3 of 5, something along those lines. So they've earned the right, but you still need it. You're too big and beefy. You know, be that kind of dual-scoring threat, play down low, but also try and take that big out of the, uh, you know, down low because you can stretch the floor a little bit. But I hate Porzingis still playing the 5 or playing the 4 here. I would like to see him play the 5. And then, what is up with Boban Mar Marjanovic? Get this man in the game, please. This is the regular season, and it's so frustrating. We talked about it all the time last season, folks. Uh, you've got to be ready to adjust and see what your players can do, and that's what you do in the early on games of the NBA season because we know, you know, 82 games, it's a long season. See what you've got. So, Boban Marjanovic not playing any minutes. Bobo, we just said this two days ago in our NBA 10. Bobo not playing any minutes. They are good big scores. You can you you can put Boban on the floor and expect some good solid production. Their defense may have to clean up a little bit, but you only get better 
playing defense when you're in the same sync and rhythm as the guys on the floor. And how do you get that? By playing in the actual game. So please, for the love of goodness, I mean, you've got Trey Burke playing nine minutes, Josh Green playing four minutes, Frank uh, Nik Nikilatina playing four minutes as well. You're telling me you can't put Boban out there for five to seven minutes? Come on, get this man out on the floor. And honestly, in a perfect world, I want to see Luka at the one, Porzingis at the five, or Porzingis at the four. That would be perfect. Boban at the five, Porzingis at the four with Luka running the point. I mean, sheesh, Boban can shoot, Porzingis can shoot. Obviously, we know Luka can shoot and distribute the basketball. So you're not telling me that'd be a lethal three right there? And then having Tim Hardaway Jr. also, maybe even have him play the four or the three. Who cares? But uh, the fact that Bobo is getting no minutes, or Boban Marjanovic is not getting any minutes is absolutely absurd, folks. Get this man in the game, please, please. No wonder why you got blown out by the Hawks. Damn. So we'll see if they do that. They haven't done it last season. I'm not expecting them to do it, but I mean, you've got all these games and all this time to waste. Why not see what Boban Marjanovic can do in game settings? Damn, damn, get Boban in the game. He can hold like 200 goldfish in his hand, folks. You're telling me he can't play basketball? Come on, come on. So big win for the Hawks team. Looking, you no, know, did get right back. Where did they get to? Um, how far did they make it? Did they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals last season? Did they get that far? Second round? I, uh, whatever it was. It was a good season by Atlanta last season, and they are picking up exactly where they left off. Alrighty, let's move on to the next game here. Bucks at Heat. And man, oh man, the Bucks came out scoring and kind of dominant in the first game during the rig ceremony. And then the first game on the road, unfortunately, a little lackluster. They end up getting truly blown out here. 137-95 over the Heat. Sheesh. Uh, let's start here with this Heat team. I'm liking this Heat team, folks. Kyle Lowry played 24 minutes, a little bit of an ankle sprain. Hopefully nothing too big. They really need him out here. Kyle Lowry, a little bit of a poor performance overall last night. Five points, but he did have six assists. And that's exactly what we need this Kyle Lowry to do. Be the facilitator on this floor uh, because they've got nice scoring pieces. Bam out of bio down low. Jimmy Butler can, you know, he's a walking bucket when he wants to shoot. But having a true kind of point guard here in Kyle Lowry, who's a solid shooter as well, didn't show it last night. 12% on eight shots, one of six from the three. But, uh, you know, we, you know, we've seen him with the uh, Raptors. This man can score. We're not worried about that. We just want to make sure that this man is all right moving forward. So hopefully this ankle sprain is nothing bad. Duncan Robinson still playing the two out here. Eight points on two of eight from the three. Once again, Duncan Robinson really kind of let us down last season with this Heat team. So we need to see more consistent production from him as the season uh, continues to grow. He really was not getting it done. Decent defensive uh, efforts, but nothing great offensively. Bam, out of bio. Is he going to be more aggressive this season? This was the big thing. Everybody was kind of clowning and banging on Bam, out of bio in the fan base and on the team on the floor like hey bam you need to be more aggressive at scoring he put up 20 points 13 rebounds 9 of 13 from uh, the field so you know he was uh, what the third leading scorer that's exactly what they want bam to do we'll see if he can continue to do it and then newly acquired here, P.J. Tucker playing the th uh, four right here. Very, very well done. You know, big, beefy, you know, uh, four here. We saw him with the Bucks last season. That's all he's out there to do is beef everybody up, and that's what he did. Eight points, a plus 31 on the floor, the highest plus minus for this Heat team. So P.J. Tucker's filling his role, and now having kind of a P.J. Tucker at the four, Bam Adebayo can be more aggressive scoring because, you know, you've got P.J. Tucker, you know, the beef enforcer. Bam Adebayo can still be an enforcer, but also, you know, get it done down low, which the Heat have been begging y'all to do. So, Bam Adebayo is still solid here. P.J. Tucker is still solid. And then Jimmy Butler, obviously 21 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, doing what he does, shooting 60%, and then taking no threes. We know that's not his game.
And then off the bench, Tyler Hero. Is this Tyler Hero's breakout season? We saw him in the bubble um, in Orlando. Fantastic. And then last season, didn't live up to what he did in the bubble. And now this season, hey, first game, second uh, leading score. Or no, he was the leading score for this Heat team off the bench in only 24 minutes. 27 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds, 55% from the field, 4 of 8 from the 3. Great first game here by Tyler Hero. We will see if he's able to uh, keep it up. All right, we're running out of time. We got a minute on the clock here. All right, let's head over to the Bucks now. Uh, Grayson Allen, two of eight from the three. You know, we've seen, you know, this is exactly what we're expecting from Grayson Allen, but we need the percentage of the three-point up more. We know he takes eight to ten threes a game. He just took ten threes game one, now at eight here. Got to get the percentage up because he scored 14 points, which was the second-leading score for this Bucks team, and that tells you overall how just offensively poor they were last night. Giannis couldn't even really get it going. 15 points. He had 10 rebounds, took three threes. Uh, the free throws are still solid here at 60%, 6 of 10, so we're not worried about that. Chris Middleton doesn't step up, so once again, classic regular season Chris Middleton. So just nothing great here by this Bucks team overall, but uh, we're keeping uh, tabs on Thanasis. He ended up playing 17 minutes last night, but he was a minus 29 on the floor, so that's really why they weren't playing him that much last season. So uh, nothing great for the Bucks last night, get blown out. And then the Clippers at the Warriors, a close game, but unfortunately Steph Curry did it. Uh, they win 115-113 over the Clippers. Let's start here with the Warriors. Alrighty, Steph Curry went absolutely insane. 45 points on 8 of 13 from the three classic. Steph Curry, 10 rebounds as well um and that is our time but let's finish up this quickly here um Seth Curry truly getting it done on the floor uh, still without Klay Thompson, obviously. Um, and can we talk about Andrew Wiggins, man? This man has been so solid for all of last season and so far. What do we got? Two games so far under our belt here for this Warriors team. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins, folks. I mean, he is the perfect kind of three to this Warriors team. And when Klay comes back and still Draymond here, he doesn't even have to be the three, maybe even the four at some point. But this man is always solid here. 17 points on 40% shooting from the field. Three of six from the three. Minus five on the floor overall. Obviously got to clean that up a little bit. But, I mean, still that nice scoring production, that scoring pace, and always reliable. Going back to all last season, always reliable. So, shout out to Andrew Wiggins still getting it done here. Kevon Looney still playing the five here while Wiseman is still kind of uh, trying to get right. Six points for Kevon Looney, seven rebounds. Um, nothing really else great here. It was really Steph Curry going absolutely nuts here. Uh, Namaja, Jellica, he had a great game one. Uh, an all right game two, only played 16 minutes this game. Six points, six rebounds as well. Um, still another solid big here for this Warriors team. So they're able to squeak out a win. And then with the Clippers, I mean, they just have no Kawhi. And, you know, Paul George, give this man credit for, you know, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with this Warriors team because there's really nothing good on this Clippers team besides Paul George. They're all solid kind of tier two pieces here. Paul George, you know, this is going to be his team for the most of the season. We're really not sure when Kawhi is coming back. If he does, it's going to be like late, like late, late regular season. If he even plays in the regular season or we're talking about like late playoffs as well. So Paul George is trying his damnedest out here. He had uh, 29 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, five of 11 from three. It was a plus three on the floor. Absolutely fantastic. Nobody in the starting lineup had a plus besides Paul George. So he's getting it done on both sides of the floor here.
Uh, Reggie Jackson at the 1, 11 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. Eric Bledsoe at the 2, 22 points, having a little bit of a better season than he did last year, so I guess we'll give him a little credit for that. Uh, Zubak still at the 5 here, 14 points, 3 rebounds. Marcus Morris, 10 points. You know, 2 of 5 from the 3 is a little bit of a spotty kind of score anyway, so without Kawhi Leonard, Paul George is going to have to pick up the slack here immensely. We'll see if he's got it in him, and we'll see if the Clippers get any kind of number 2. Maybe you just got to kind of make a trade here at some point to try and get another good consistent score I don't know how how long we can truly rely on Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe to kind of be the number two and three score on this Clippers team so we'll see what they do but we give Paul George credit for a close loss here on the road against the Warriors it's just Curry man he hits the three <laughs> that's what he does so that was basketball in the NBA last night really good three games on and uh, we've got a I think we've got a pretty packed day today? Do we got a packed day? What do we got? We got uh, Hornets at uh, uh, Cavs. We got Knicks at Magic. We got Pacers at Washington. We got Toronto at Boston. We got Brooklyn at Philadelphia. We got Pelicans at Chicago. We got uh, Thunder at Houston. We got the Spurs in Denver. We got the Phoenix in uh, LAL, the Los Angeles Lakers, and uh, we got Utah in Sacramento. So we'll see what Russell Westbrook can do here in game number two. Obviously needs a better performance tonight than what he had uh, opening night. So that is our NBA Daily 10 on what's happened in the NBA. We'll back tomorrow with another NBA 10 trying to do it within 10 minutes, but we just listed off all those games. <laughs> We're not going to get that done in 10 minutes, but we'll try our hardest. Alrighty, there was a Thursday night game on last night, so let's head over to that and start breaking that down. Week 7 tipped off last night in the NFL, and once again, another score, lackluster scoring performance by this Denver Broncos team all around. Only put up 14 points, and once again, waiting until the second half, until the fourth quarter to put up all their points, basically, and we've seen this for like the last two weeks here, and it's starting to get there, and I don't don't want to say this, but I have to say this. I mean, we are real close of selling this Broncos team 100%. I think we'll leave like 10% right now. We'll, we're officially selling this Broncos team 90%. 90%. We have 10% percent believability, buyability, bettability in this Broncos team. This offense has just been so lackluster the entire season. In the defense, they're getting banged up. They're trying their damnedest. But, I mean, when you, the offense is not scoring, I mean, that takes a toll mentally on the defense because it's like we're giving you all the great field position. We're shutting them down. We're giving you the opportunity. We're leaving the door open for our team to come back and win. And then the offense is like, no, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Maybe the next drive. We'll get it on the next drive. And then the next drive comes. And it's like, no, we'll definitely get it on the next drive. And then the next drive comes. And it's like, that's good one more drive and the defense is like we just gave you four drives made them go three and out made them punt I mean to got turnovers and you're not capitalizing in the offense is like yeah we'll get them next time we'll uh, let's get into halftime let's can we get just get into halftime to get our kind of thoughts collected and then the defense is like okay we'll give you that and then they're still not scoring it's like we just gave you halftime we gave you an extra 15 minutes so we are we're selling this Broncos team 90%, and it's not 100% on Teddy Bridgewater. This just offense is just so lackluster without Jerry Judy, and they've only had him for, what, one or two games before he officially kind of went out. 
but they need this other wide receiver that can consistently get open because when we're watching what these receivers for the Denver Broncos are doing, they're just not even getting open. And, you know, we do like Cortland Sutton. He's really, really good. But, I mean, besides him, we got Noah Fant, who's a big, beefy tight end, not able to get open as often. And even when he is, you know, he doesn't have the speed of Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, so it's not like he can make multiple defenders miss and turn a, uh, like, a shallow five-yard pass into, like, a 50-yard pickup. That's not Noah Fant's game. And then you got Tim Patrick, who, you know, once again, is a little bit of a slow, he's not the fastest weapon out here. So, once again, he's struggling to get open. And when he does get open, he's not going to break it big. And this offense is just so conservative. It takes them so long to really go down the field and put up points when they finally do decide to put up points. I mean, their first touchdown drive, it was a seven-minute drive out of halftime. And that's really the the same thing that we're just seeing by this Broncos team. When they do decide to score, I mean, we're getting like five-minute-plus field goal drives. We're getting seven, eight-minute touchdown drives. And that's good to chew up the clock. But you can't do that when you're down. And this Denver Broncos team has been down big, bad the last four weeks. So you can't use all this time. And they don't have the offense either in the play calling or without Jerry Judy now with their weapons, they don't have that kind of, hey, we can score quick and we can keep it up and keep the scoring pace up and keep the momentum and tempo up. They just don't have that. Um, I don't know if it's too, they're trying to get these running backs to be the main offense, but I mean, they only had 12 carries overall, so I just don't understand the overall scheme. It's a lot of screens, it's a lot of this, but it doesn't result into any wins, obviously. It's not resulting into any points, and we're going to look at both of these quarterbacks' drive chart or um, passing charts in a second, but it's just taking this Broncos team so long to score. Six minutes was their final touchdown, so 14 minutes in total, two put up 14 points that's when they decided that hey we could actually score here long drives a lot of things that can go wrong when you go long drives that's why you want to score obviously as quickly as possible if we're on a five play drive you know that results in a touchdown there's only five opportunities for something to go wrong that halts the drive we have an 18 play drive here that results in a touchdown yeah that means 18 things could potentially go wrong that's why they haven't been scoring a lot or at all or consistent these last four games because when they score there's 18 plays of things that can go wrong and usually for the most part for this Broncos team something's going wrong same thing with their first touchdown drive that went seven minutes 15 plays more opportunities for things to go wrong here and uh, they can't put up the points just simple as that so Bad offense here by the Broncos, and we are selling them 90%. We still have 10% buyability in them. All right, let's talk about this Browns team because obviously, you know, this is why we don't, we obviously, you know, your record, you know, when we talk about betting record and all that, <clears throat> you know, um, obviously, you know, we don't harp too much on our overall record. We don't really pay too much attention to our overall record because, you know, of games like this, you know, when you, when people, People, when you bet, you know, when you're an active better, um, not just, oh, you know, I do one a year or something like this. Oh, you know, uh, the people that, you know, bet one a year, they're like, all right, oh, I'm trusting you 100%. You, you know, your record's good, you know, but they don't get betting on how the games work out. I mean, betting is never in the customer's favor, folks. We all have to realize this. Vegas does not lose money. That's why we see 10,000 sportsbook uh, ads every single Sunday. Not even every single Sunday, just every 
single day in general, they are getting the word out there. Hey, Caesars, we got a sports book. Um, you know, DraftKings, obviously, FanDuel, obviously. Why? Why are they doing this? Because they make money off of this. Because, you know, it's never in your favor to really bet. It's fun to bet. I mean, I'm not saying it's not fun to do. And, you know, you can get rich. I mean, there are success stories out there. But for the majority, you're not winning consistently or often. So, you know, we obviously, you know, we, we, we've tried to win. Obviously, we're not actively looking to not hit our bets and all that. Uh, we just don't harp on the overall totals because we get games like this. Browns without their starting quarterback, without their main two running backs out there, and they still are able to win the game and move the ball right from the get-go. It's just like, you know, obviously, you know, who's going to bet? On, you're, you're comfortable betting on that when the Broncos are a little bit at full strength overall. They have their starting quarterback. They have their starting running backs. So when we took the Broncos plus one, I mean, we just have to live and die that, uh, you know, the Browns backups got it done. And here we are, the Browns backups getting it done. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, wonky things happen. It's unfortunate. It happens. But, you know, we try to do our due diligence, obviously, to hit our picks. But that's just our belief and feeling on that. Um, but, uh, and also like when you like go to advice for betting, I mean, you never should just follow anybody's advice blindly, even if they have like a 65% hit rate, you really shouldn't even be looking at that blindly, which you should be doing in my opinion. And this is kind of how I, you know, uh, how, how I operate, you know, I get my thinking down. I was like, all right, let's just talk about, we can just talk about a pick here. Um, you know, Broncos plus one, like we had last night. All right. Bron Broncos plus one looking really solid. And then if you're just looking for, you know, confirmation, that's what you should be using other people's professional opinion for just kind of all right confirmation or maybe I missed something and I should go look back at it I don't want I, uh, if you want you can you know use whatever I say 100% I've got no problem you know we do our due diligence we we, we know what we're talking about over here, uh, but you really should just be looking for advice. All right, what am I saying compared to what you're thinking was? Do you agree? If you agree, then yeah, lock in the bet. If you disagree, see what I'm saying compared to what you're saying. See, all right, who, who, who's got kind of that missing information or who's just got kind of that uh, information that you're not weighing totally and then make your decision. But that's just how we feel on that. Uh, back, back to the game from last night. This Browns team got out to a such a good start, folks, that we just have to watch the entire first drive here quickly um, on this Browns team. Because if you're this Broncos team, what do you expect the Browns to do without their starting quarterback and starting two running backs? What do you expect the game plan, the offense to look like? A lot of runs and play actions to open up all that running. No. I mean, that's just the common sense. I mean, nobody thinks Case Keenum's going to come out here in the shotgun, drop back, and throw the ball 45 times and keep going deep like an average of 10 yards a pass nobody thought that would happen and what happened not that they were running the ball and play action right from the get-go and that caught the Broncos off guard how could that catch you off guard because they were getting gashed absolutely wrecked on this first drive the Browns get the ball first and go seven plays 75 yards in only two minutes and 40 seconds because of the play calling and we got to shout out the uh, offensive play caller 
Once again, Kevin Stefanski, he knows how to call games for, you know, Baker Mayfield. That's why we liked him last season. And how to call games for the third string running back in the second string quarterback. He called this to an absolute T. Why we are big, big, big time on Kevin Stefanski as an overall coach and play caller here. So let's watch what he does here on this Browns opening drive because it's exactly what they should be doing. And the fact that it caught the Broncos off guard is just truly bizarre and poor planning defensively, uh, bad coaching defensively here by this Broncos team. So here we go, folks. The entire first drive of the Browns. It's going to go quick, folks. Here we go. First play, Case Keenum lines up under center. What's the first play? <clears throat> Motion man in the backfield, play action pass, you get Jarvis Landry wide open right here, and it picks up eight, six, seven, eight yards right there. That is a phenomenal drive starter, and now you're setting up the play action, and we know they want to run the ball here because they don't want Case Keenum airing out the ball. How many times did Case Keenum throw the ball last night? He threw it 33 times, but most of it was off of play action, folks. So the fact that they were able to establish the play action real early on and then, you know, having Dearness Johnson just absolutely murder. And we're going to get to him as well. We're going to watch his highlights because we got to celebrate that, man. Third string coming up. Next man up mentality. Yes, sir. Get it done. Get it done. So we're obviously going to shout him out. But let's keep it here on this drive. It brings up second and three now. Case Keenum in the shotgun. What do you do? Play action. And that is just a setup screen. A setup screen. And it goes big here. How do you let all these kind of exactly what you know? And this goes so big, folks. Like 30 plus yards there over midfield, all that. But the first play, play action. Second play screen. That's exactly what you think they should be doing out here. They're not going to have Case Keenum drop. Just be a pure drop back passer. And it catches the Broncos off guard. Now you're getting in their head. Really, you could do whatever you want now. And now they start with the running game. Three plays in. They finally hit the first run. And it goes big now. Look at Dearness Johnson going big. 15-yard plus pickup right there. Getting inside the red zone. Now, once again, Case Keenum under center. What can you do? Whatever the hell you want. They run the ball again. And it gets how many yards? Five, ten. First down inside the five. Again, just purely running the ball. And now here we go. What can you do? Whatever you want. Case Keenum under center. They run the ball again. And Dearness Johnson fights his way. So, a masterful offense uh, performance first drive of the game calling exactly the game plan to a T. The play action opened up everything and because of how successful they were on this drive the Browns could do whatever they want for the rest of the game. They can go deep with Case Keenum now since they've already got the play action established. They already have the running game established. They already have the screen game established. You've got this Broncos defense on their toes because they could do whatever they want. They're selling the fakes. You can't overcommit defensively because of the play action. And it just ruined the Broncos right from the rip. Honestly, you know, this game was kind of over right off of this drive because of the success play calling by the Browns the first drive. So give credit to Kevin Stefanski. Give credit to Case Keenum. I mean, executing the game plan to AT wasn't trying to do too much out there. Wasn't trying to be like, all right, I need to come in and single-handedly win this game. No, no, no. This was a full team effort offensively. And Kevin Stefanski got them off to a brilliant start folks absolute brilliant all right, so let's uh, we could talk about Case Keenum here. Let's uh, start breaking down some stats here. He goes 21 of 33, just a little old dink and dunk, nothing big here. We're going to get to his drive chart, but let's uh, do these stats here. Let's get the completion percentage up. He goes 21 of 33. 
63% completion percentage. Uh, hey, I'll take that. Absolutely. For his first game of the season, for his first time playing with this Browns team since Baker Mayfield's gone down, I'll take 63% all day. 199 yards, a little bit of dink and dunk, but hey, that's exactly what he needed to do. I mean, we're not trying to have Case Keenum be a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and throw the ball 50 times, you know, uh, and put up 400 yards passing. That's not what they needed in this game. Control the ball, control the tempo, keep the defense on their heels, and they established that right off the rip, folks. Also, didn't turn over the ball. How fantastic is that, folks? Because Baker Mayfield turns the ball over a little bit. So this is going to be a little interesting. I don't even know if Baker Mayfield's going to play next week because, you know, during the broadcast, Jay Glazer comes in and he's like, hey, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Baker Mayfield's a little bit more banged up than he's letting on. So we get this nugget with Baker Mayfield now. Baker Mayfield told Jay Glazer that he also fractured his shoulder, the humerus bone, in addition to his torn labrum. Mayfield says he can't get back out there until that heals. The, uh, the fracture Fractured shoulder, but he's still hopeful that it'll be sooner rather than later. Fracture and fracture happened last week, so we're not even sure if Baker Mayfield's gonna play next week or the next couple of weeks. He said he's got to get that uh, torn, late, uh, fractured shoulder good to go before he can get back out there. So maybe Case Keenum maybe steals the job from Baker Mayfield. If Case Keenum is not turning the ball over and is just being the game manager for this Browns team, I mean, we already know the media narrative clowning Baker Mayfield and all that. We're giving Baker Mayfield a free pass on that Cardinals game because he kind of reached our bar in week four five that we wanted to see out of him uh you know and he was a little banged up in that game as well so not 100 percent. so the, the first game back for baker mayfield will be the true test of you know where we gauge baker mayfield we're not writing him off like the national media is but uh i mean could you imagine case keenum you know wins two three games in a row at national media is gonna be all over the place clowning baker mayfield so we'll see how that ramps up uh, but Case Keenum played absolutely great game manager football, exactly what you should be expecting from a backup quarterback getting in the game. A little bit of short notice on a short week, all that. So for that, Case Keenum, we truly commend you, and uh, that was absolutely, absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> all right, let's talk about his drive chart quickly right here. This one, why did this one refresh? All right, we got to get back to this one. Um, let's go to this one. Here we go. Case Keenum, here we go. All right. <clears throat> Case Keenum passing chart. All right, here we go. And do you see it? I mean, this is dink and dunk. I mean, he's barely taking any shots. We've got all these passes within five yards. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 14, 15, 16, about 17 plays that were based, 17 passing plays that were all kind of five, six, maybe seven yards or below right here, passing the ball wise. So obviously that's exactly what Case Keenum should be doing. We don't need him to air it out. They already established the run game, the screen game, the uh, play action game right off the rip. So they didn't need Case Keenum to go and play hero ball, hero ball slinging the ball around. Absolutely fantastic. And then when we look at Teddy Bridgewater's uh, drive chart, it's kind of the same. We got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 passes, about 5 yards or less. We got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, about 10, 5 to 10 yards. And then we've only got 1, 2, 3. 
three, four, five, six passes that went further than 15 or more yards. So why are we not going down the field more with Teddy Bridgewater? Why is Teddy Bridgewater playing the same offense that a backup quarterback is playing? This Broncos offense is super conservative. We told you about the time taken. If you hit these deep shots, you're not having seven-minute, eight-minute touchdown drives. And I know they have the place. I understand that, folks. I understand you need to dink and dunk. I understand that you need to take what the defense gives you. I understand that you're going to go on seven, eight-minute touchdown drives. I'm not saying you can never do that. But we're seeing the same things by this Broncos team over the last four weeks, and it's resulting into losses. This is their problem. They need to open up this offense more. And I know it's hard to do it without Jerry Judy, but you still have to find a way to get it done because Teddy Bridgewater can get it done and this is what's so frustrating about Teddy Bridgewater because we get this play right here after uh, they're down 10 nothing, Teddy Bridgewater is starting to go on a nice drive right here and has this immaculate completion on second and four. So let's watch this play um, because this is what gives us confidence in Teddy Bridgewater. This is why we kind of elevate Teddy Bridgewater above uh, you know, uh, some of the other kind of tier two quarterbacks that we talk about here. And this is why we wanted to see Teddy Bridgewater as a starting quarterback for this Broncos team because he can make the throws like this. Here we go. Drops back to pass on second and four. And folks, oh my God, right on the money to Cortland Sutton. And when I say right on the money, folks, this is absolutely one trillion percent on the money. Immaculate, fantastic, amazing, perfection. Look at that. Oh my God. Great job by Cortland Sutton to catch this ball as well. But this is 100% on target. Corlin Sutton got no separation here. Once again, bringing it back to these receivers getting no separation for the deep ball, for the easy hookup play, 50 yards, touchdown, all of that. These receivers need to do a better job. That's why Jerry Judy was so pivotal and important to this Broncos offense because he can get open. He can take a five-yard slant route and take it 70 yards to the house. That's Jerry Judy's game, getting the separation. Nobody's getting separation here. But Teddy Bridgewater with no separation here puts it on the money, folks. 1,000% on the money to Cortland Sutton. Great one-hand catch by Cortland Sutton. But just watch. He throws this one from his 30-yard line all the way down to the, about the 45-yard line. So we got 20 plus 15, 35 yards clean down the field. 1,000% accurate as heck. And then what does he do a couple of plays later? He throws the interception. And this is why it's so annoying watching Teddy Bridgewater. It's like, come on. This should have been a touchdown drive. This should have been the drive that really jumped starts this Broncos offense for this game and maybe even for the rest of the season this should have been it but let's skip around a little bit and get to the interception but uh, this is why it's so frustrating with Teddy Bridgewater. This is why they need to start opening up the offense more because Teddy Bridgewater can hit it but then he goes and makes this boneheaded play right here third and nine from the 31 yard line of the Browns looking to get some points out here and you're down two scores so you really cannot turn the ball over right here real bad mistake by Teddy Bridgewater that he races everything good that he has done and gets this offense out to another slower start they didn't score for the entire first half folks here we go this is the interception just shorts it over the middle of the field and didn't see that other defender right in the middle of the field and just under throws this ball I mean this is underthrown in this 
this is why Teddy Bridgewater's frustrating watch because we get that great on the money. I mean, there was there wasn't really any room to fit that ball in, and Teddy Bridgewater found that one exact spot where the ball needed to be thrown to Cortland Sutton. But then just two plays later, I think this is the very next passing play. I think they go and run it twice, and Teddy Bridgewater just doesn't see the man over the middle of the field. Under throws this. I mean, this is like five yards way under thrown, folks. This is a real bad ball right here. Um, so just a real bad decision. Let's bring this back. Was there anything open here? We get uh, we don't get the all 22, but we got the all 22 from the broadcast view. Was there anything else open right here? You hit you hit this man right here. You hit this man. It's an out route. This picks up the first out. He's wide open. You can fit this ball over the linebacker before the safety. We talk about this draw all the time, but Teddy Bridgewater isn't even looking over there and instead throws it into double coverage that he doesn't even see. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know we've been going to bat for Teddy Bridgewater all offseason, saying he should be the starter for this Broncos team over Drew Locke. And now we're at the point where we're selling this Broncos team. Come on, Teddy. Come on. This was your job. This was your opportunity to really kind of reinvent yourself as a starting quarterback. And here we are, 3-4, and four, after starting 3-0. and oh. Damn it. Damn it, damn it, man. Outperformed by Case Keenum. Can we say that? Yeah, I think we can. All right, let's talk about Teddy Bridgewater stats here. Teddy Bridgewater goes 22 of 33. I mean, both quarterbacks threw the ball 30 times. One's the starter here, and one's the second string. And they both had, and one had, and the second string had more yards. Teddy Bridgewater had 66% completion percentage, made some real great throws, obviously some bad throws as well. 187 yards, which was less than Teddy, than Case Keenum. So Case Keenum, who was dinking and dunking all game long, Teddy Bridgewater was right along with that. Why, why come on this Broncos offensive coordinator, offensive scheme? Can we get some better schemage here? Can we get these receivers open for Teddy Bridgewater? And then when they're open, Open, can Teddy Bridgewater make the right read and deliver the ball good to them? Damn, you're on the cusp of losing your season, Denver. You've got to figure out something. Are they on the bye next week? Because that's really kind of what they need. Are they on a bye next week? No, they're not. Who they got next week? Hopefully, I mean, I would say hopefully they have an easy opponent, but this was a little bit of an easy opponent right here. The Browns without their starting guys. Uh, what do we got next week for this Broncos team? They got Washington at home, so that's your opportunity. We've got to see it get figured out against Washington. It must. It must. Season on in line next week. We'll see what Teddy Bridgewater and company does. All right, let's finish off these stats here for the Broncos and the Browns here. Uh, let's uh, keep going with the Broncos since we just talked about Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Javante Williams, this running game never got really established. Javante Williams, four carries for 20 yards. Melvin Gordon, eight carries for 18 yards. And this is why we can't really recognize Melvin Gordon as an A1 Tier 1 running back in this league. This was the this should have been the game where he took it over. All right, Teddy Bridgewater's not getting it done. The Browns only put up 17 points. It's not like you, don't, you can't run the ball for the rest of the game. They only put up 17 points. Their largest lead was 10-0. That's not something that you abandon the run game with. That's not like, oh, we got to abandon the run game now. We can't run the ball anymore. And Melvin Gordon, you know, he kind of classifies himself as one of the best running backs in this league. And he put up 18 yards on eight carries. You've got to establish yourself. You've got to get it done. You've got to be like, all right, yeah, the defense isn't letting me go, but I'm going to I'm gonna go 1,000% beast mode. My quarterback's not getting it done. The offensive coordinator's not getting it done calling the plays. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to take the game into my hands. Derrick Henry does it. Derrick Henry does it. 
Melvin Gordon has never done it in his career. We've never really liked Melvin Gordon like that as, you know, an A1 tier 1 running back in this league. And here we go, eight carries. But why are we only rushing the ball 12 times? <laughs> what are we doing with that? What are we doing with that? Come on. Establish something. Establish the run. Establish the pass. Establish the run play action. The Browns did it. First drive. The Broncos couldn't do it all game. All right, let's see who Teddy Bridgewater was throwing to. Cortland Sutton, five targets, five receptions. That's fantastic. 68 yards. Noah Fant, their tight end, five receptions, 39 yards. Javante Williams, six catches, 31 or 32 yards. He scored a touchdown. Tim Patrick, two receptions, 16 yards. Kendall Hinton, two receptions, 15 yards. And Melvin Gordon, two receptions, 14 yards. He scored a touchdown as well. And this is how they're scoring their touchdowns. Running back out of the backfield, folks. Look at their drive chart. Here it is. The first one, I think this one is to... Um, I want to say this one is um, Melvin Gordon because I think they threw it to him in the backfield on their first touchdown, and he runs it around um, and gets like eight yards for the touchdown. It was like third and eight, and they ran a little bit of a screen pass to Melvin Gordon. So behind the line of scrimmage right here, and then the other one to Javante Williams, just a five-yard down-the-field throw. So that's how they're scoring, dinking and dunking to their running backs, their tight ends, not really expanding the, the field vertically. And we say that all the time. You must, you must stretch the field vertically or you get things like this. You put up 14 points and the defense gives you nothing. That's what happens when you don't stretch the field vertically. So nothing great there by this Broncos team overall. The defense really lackluster as well. We had a Shelby Harris with a sack. And that was it. They had one sack on Case Keenum. Shout out to that Browns offensive line, a thousand percent, man, oh man. Um, and then we get, uh, let's finish up here with the Browns running backs. Dearness Johnson truly coming out of the scene. I think this was his first official career start, folks. 22 carries, 146 yards, one touchdown. Sheesh, you're getting into Derrick Henry territory, folks. God dang. Uh, so absolutely love Dearness Johnson. We're going to watch his highlights in a second and celebrate him. Um, and then who was Case Keenum throwing to? Austin Hooper, two catches, 42 yards. Jarvis Landry, five catches, 37 yards. I think he exited the game a little later in the game. A little bit of an injury, I believe. OBJ, two catches, 23 yards. Dearness Johnson in the passing game as well, two catches, 22 yards. Anthony Schwartz, two catches, 22 yards. Demetric Felton, uh, three catches, 21 yards. David Njoku, two catches, 18 yards. Harrison Bryant, one catch, 15 yards. Fantastic. Austin Hooper is not a tight end, correct? He is a tight end. Oh, my God. Look at all these tight ends. I thought he was a tight end, too. Austin Hooper, leading receiver, tight end. Once again, dink and dunk. Play action game. That's exactly what you would expect this Browns team to run, and the Broncos could not stop it for the life of them. Oh, my goodness. Anthony Schwartz, I believe, is a tight end as well. He's a wide receiver. Okay. What else do we got? Uh, Demetric Felton. Is he a wide receiver or a tight end? Running back. So look at all these running backs, tight ends catching the ball, folks. They're barely even utilizing their actual weapons out there. They're real wide receivers, and that's what they schemed. Kevin Spansky, give the man a lot of credit. All right, now let's watch Dearness Johnson before we wrap this up. Shout this man out. 168 yards throughout the entire game. Um, the rock that they needed. The big person to step up. I mean, out of everybody that could have stepped up in this game to win for their team, it wasn't Teddy Bridgewater. It wasn't OBJ. It wasn't Jarvis Landry. It wasn't Melvin Gordon. It wasn't Cortland Sutton. It wasn't Noah Fett. It wasn't Tim Patrick. It was the third string backup, backup running back Dearness Johnson, folks. 
Jeez, jeez. Big, big pity for this Broncos team, honestly. But let's celebrate Dearness Johnson and celebrate this Browns win without Baker Mayfield, shall we? Here we go. First play, boom. And this is the one that we already watched, folks. The first running play, Dearness Johnson. And now he's hungry. He's fat. He's ready to go for the rest of the game here. And now here we go. Back in the red zone. We watched this one as well. Three straight rushes. Are they going to show the touchdown? You gotta, oh, they don't even show the touchdown run? That was Dearness Johnson, right? With the touchdown run? Wow, they disrespected that dude. Who scored here? Dearness Johnson scores, and they don't have that in the highlight? They 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 don't show the three-yard touchdown run? That's a little disrespectful, NFL.com. What are you doing? But here we go. Dearness Johnson back at it. Nine yards. We get a third and one. Of course, you're going to trust DJ out here. Boom. And he, look at how many yards he gets. He gets 10 yards on third and one. Wow. How is the Broncos defense not shutting this down? How are they not shutting this down? Patient finds the hole. I mean, he goes five yards without getting touched. I mean, that man made himself small inside the hole. Great running here. I love this dude. All right, here we go. The play action pass. And then he just goes out for a route. I mean, Case Keenum gets it off just in time. And then Dearness Johnson on second and nine picks up the first down and more. Woo, woo. Here we go, second and 10. Dearness Johnson, boom, 10 yards right there. Good, hard running. He's looking for the holes. He's finding the holes. He's patient. And look at this little move right here. Once again, is this Patrick Sertain, the corner, the rookie corner, trying to make a tackle on Dearness Johnson and getting made a fool out of? I mean, here he is. Patrick Sertain, it's a one-on-one -on -one right here, and Dearness Johnson puts the move on him. Uh, Cortland Sutton, or, um, Patrick Sertain could do nothing, and Dearness Johnson just runs right around the dude and uh, made him look foolish right there. Come on. Nobody wanted to even try and bring this man down. On second and two, a big run right there. Crosses over midfield. Oh, yeah, let's watch this one from the back angle. Here we go. It's going to hit the hole right here. And just look at the vision. Outside, go right back inside. Make that defender miss and pick up the first down and more. Great vision here by Dearness Johnson. Man, oh, man. This offensive line, hell of a job as well. I mean, look at all that push down the field. I mean, the line of scrimmage is getting moved like two, three yards down the field because of the offensive line push. And Dearness Johnson is taking full advantage. Look at the good hard running. Look at all these defenders trying to bring this man down right here on a second and seven. Boom. Defenders in the backfield. Doesn't matter. We got a hit right here as one defender. Here's two. There's three. There's four. And then the Calvary comes with all six to finally bring him down after he's picked up the first down. Pity. Another Another second and seven. Dearness Johnson, six yards right there. Now in the red zone, third and seven. They run third and seven, and they run Dearness Johnson, and he picks it up. Third and seven in the red zone to really ice the game right here. Poor performance all game long by this Broncos defense. Couldn't even tackle a running back when it truly mattered. You bring this man down, you get about 20, maybe 30 seconds left, and you're down 20 to 14, but you got a chance. You get one more chance at trying to tie up this game, but the defense is like, no, we're good. We'll just go home. They can't even tackle him on third and seven when the game is on the line. Absolutely atrocious, pitiful. They got to do something. They got to do something. Like we said, season is on the line for this Broncos team next week against Washington. Let's see what they do. Dearness Johnson, though, have a day. Have a day, young fella. Absolutely fantastic. So, 
Browns get the win when they shouldn't have. Classic. They win 17-14 at home. Don't need Baker Mayfield. Don't need Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb who? Kareem Hunt who? Dearness Johnson. Nah, what do they do? What do they do when Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt come back? Do you get a true three running back scheme right here? Do you try and trade him? He's got some great value now. Uh, I think people are going to be knocking on some doors for Dearness Johnson. So... We'll see what the Browns do with them, and we'll see what Dearness Johnson has for the rest of his career, but that's one way to start it. 168 yards in total. Absolutely magnificent. Relied on him, and he was reliable. Fantastic. Browns win by three. Alrighty, so that was Thursday Night Football kicking off Week 7 in the NFL. Alrighty, I want to go to our official picks, and then if we have time, we will head over to Sam Darnold from last week. But uh, let's head over to our picks now, our weekly picks. We just predicted and reacted to the lines yesterday. We've slept on them. We found some good value already when we were doing the show last night, but then we slept on the lines, and we were like, alright, we like this one, this one, this one, and this one to round out our six picks of the weeks, folks. Alright, before we get into our picks, let's tell you all what we did last week. Give us some credit on that so here we go we do um two sections of picks we do our locks you can bet whatever you want they are going to hit they hit last week you'll see when we tell y'all and then our 99% guarantees uh you know we feel very good about them but there is one thing that could potentially go wrong and that's why we have them 99% guarantees but we still feel very 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 strong about them so last week our three locks were dolphins minus three they lose by three. Unfortunately, we lost that one, but, you know, circumstances, the Dolphins should have won. So, pity. Unfortunate. Uh, then we had the Steelers minus five. They won by three. They should have won by five. They only uh, won by three, though. So, unfortunately, we missed that one. But then we hit the Titans plus five and a half. They win by three outright. Easy peasy right there. Great value. We knew it. We locked it. We loved it. Titans plus five and a half. Fantastic. And then our three 99% guarantees from last week. We had the Cardinals plus three. Once again, absolute disrespectful value. They win by 23, folks. They won by 23. You know what the odds would have been if you took the Cardinals minus 17, minus 20. I don't even know if you could have bet it all the way up to Cardinals minus 23. But it would have been at like plus 500 odds. Maybe even more than that. I mean, whew, there was the value. Absolutely. So Cardinals plus three. We took it. We bet it. We hit it. Fantastic. We took the Texans plus 10. This is like the only one that we truly missed 100% on. We gave credit to Davis Mills, and he did not. Uh, he kind of spit in our face. Also, the Colts had like three big plays. That we, you know, we broke the down, we broke down that game. We talked about it. Uh, just unfortunate circumstances there. So Texans plus ten, they lose by twenty eight. Yikes! Uh, so we truly completely missed on that one. And then the Cowboys minus three and a half, they win by six. Bingo, bango, get it done in overtime. So we hit officially three of uh, six last week. Three hits, three losses, unfortunately. And we only were really truly wrong, I would say, on one pick with the Texans. The Dolphins minus three. I mean, they were right at field goal. Well, they were going into field goal position at the end of the game. They went for it on fourth down, didn't get it. And then the boneheaded mistake by the defensive player to touchdown in play, in bounds. The Jaguars player at one second left to give them the game-winning field goal instead of going into our overtime tied up. So, And then, like we said, the Steelers, we know they would win. The offense is a little lackluster. So uh, we go three of three officially, three of six officially, however you want to count it. And uh, I would say kind of accurate right thinking five of the six games so you ready for this week's folks you're ready to hit we're we're feeling six of six this week folks we are truly feeling six of six uh so here we go let's start here with our lock section here we go our first pick in our lock section we're taking dolphins plus two and a half folks 
And I just uh, I just saw this quote right before we went live. I don't think I liked it, but Brian Flores was like, hey, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah hey, right here, right here. Brian Flores, quote, happy we're playing and not on a bye following the London loss. And we talked about this yesterday. Uh, you know, all the teams, all the there's been four teams that played in London, folks. Three of them get buys after the London game. The Dolphins are the only one that don't. But uh, they're hungry. They want this win. They want this fight. They're at home here. Falcons coming off of a bye. That's the best thing about this Falcons team of why you maybe get the Fal- might maybe bet the Falcons minus two and a half here. But I mean, everybody's got to be revved up. This is a must-win, do-or-die win game for this Dolphins team. Not for the season, but potentially for some coaching staff. Maybe at the bye, Brian Flores. Thank you for your time. Maybe they get rid of him. I don't think they do, but I think that would be a possibility heading in one and six here in the bye. Also, the same thing with these offensive coordinators. What the hell is going on with them? Absolutely blundered it last week in London. So everybody is trying to win this game. Tua was not the problem last week. We've already dissected that trash narrative that we call it. The defense for this Dolphins team, I mean, the Falcons, I mean, they turn over the ball. They don't score that much. This is going to be another good game for the defense to get acclimated. Hopefully, Xavier Howard and um, Byron Jones are good to go here for this Dolphins defense. But just expect every Dolphins player to be on their bullshit here. They cannot play around. They cannot fuck around. And they're at home. Tua's been hearing all the trade rumors. You know, the trade rumors for Deshaun Watson once again came up this week. And once again, they are just, nobody's trading for Deshaun Watson with this with the sexual assault allegations hanging over their head folks we know Deshaun Watson's a great talent nobody's saying that but we don't even know when the hell he's gonna play so there's no reason to move off of a quarterback that gets it done that gets it done good consistently um into a tag of a low. I mean it makes no sense here so real urgency mode for this Dolphins team two has been hearing all your slander all your trade rumor nonsense Brian Flores he wants this game that's the message in the locker room hey we don't want the fucking buy coming off the loss what are you nuts give us get us back out there on the field at home this is going to be fantastic dolphins plus two and a half absolute disrespect value by vegas we already told you all the disrespect value last week Cardinals plus three, we took it, we ate it, we hit it. And uh, Titans plus five and a half, we took it, we ate it, we hit it. Disrespectful value there. More disrespectful, more disrespectful value coming out of Vegas this week. Dolphins plus two and a half. Alrighty, our next pick in our lock section is more more disrespect here. Titans plus five. Obviously, Vegas didn't learn their lesson last week when they had the Titans plus six at closing time. They went outright. We told y'all they went by three. Or yeah, they went by three. Fantastic. So this Chiefs team, they turn over the ball, and that's why we have so much faith in the Titans with the points here. And, you know, the Chiefs may win this game. I'm not saying the Chiefs won't or will not or won't won't win this game. They have a good opportunity to win this game, but we get five points here, and with the Chiefs turning the ball over, 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 over again and again and again, and it's not the defense that's really forcing the takeaways. It's just the Chiefs getting a little too cute, getting a little too smurfy, whatever it is, um, not 100% focus. We see Tyreek Hill, the ball bouncing off of his hands a couple of times. Patrick Mahomes making some boneheaded plays, turning the ball over. And, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is still prone to fumbles overall. We saw the Titans' corners get a little torched overall uh, from the 20s to the 20s, but locking it up in the red zone, fantastic. That's exactly what we expect the Titans to do this week. So once again, 
the Chiefs turning the ball over themselves. We're not, we don't need the Titans corners. Like we said, kind of got torched last week to step up and make big plays. The big plays are going to be made because the Chiefs are going to be making them against themselves. And then when the Chiefs get in the red zone, like we know they will, they're not going to not get in the red zone here. The Titans can lock it down. They just had a great test, pressure-filled test against the Bills last week. They succeed on that. I think the game kind of plays very similar to that Bills game. Uh, like I said, the Titans may lose, but they keep it close. There will be a turnover here by the Chiefs, and I believe that's going to be the difference of keeping the game close here. Derrick Henry, the Chiefs aren't ready for him. The Chiefs defense isn't anything special, folks. I mean, the offense, it's special because of Patrick Mahomes' amazing talent. That's the only reason why they can overcome all these turnovers, but the turnovers are still here, folks. I get five points. I'm not swallowing points when a turnover can come early, often, consistent, or wait until uh, the fourth quarter to come bite them in the butt. I'm not swallowing the points there. Titans plus five, one o'clock start time. Titans are ready for this action. Titans plus five, folks. I'm absolutely loving it. Look for them to kind of control the game, control the clock. Derrick Henry, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Great combo, great combo. Derek, uh, Ryan Tannehill should be uh, praising and bowing down to Derrick Henry every single game for breathing life into Ryan Tannehill's quarterback career here in Tennessee. Love the Titans plus five this week, folks. And then our last pick in our locks category, we are going to go Panthers minus two and a half. All righty, this Panthers team's been skidding a little bit, basically like the Broncos have. Um, Sam Darnold's not been doing anything great. Real poor performance last week, turning over the ball in the first row of the game. Not great here. But, I mean, when we're looking at who they're going against, this Panthers defense is still the real deal. They had, like, two bad games, one bad game against the Cowboys, but we know that offense is a real deal. The Cowboys offense compared to the Giants offense, it's not even a comparison, folks. They're not even in the same stratosphere overall. And then the other game that the Panthers did bad on defensively was last week against the Vikings. But we know that's exactly who the Vikings are, folks. They put up the stats, and this time they the the numbers, the overall score matched the overall stats and numbers that the uh, team was putting up. Derek, um, Delvin Cook and... Kirk Cousins and all, and all of that. And plus, once again, Sam Darnold turned over the ball, making it easy for the Vikings to score. So this Panthers defense is still the real deal, dear, deal here. Uh, we think Sam Darnold can just play game manager football here. They don't need to do anything exciting, anything explosive here against his giant offense. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, no Saquon Barkley still. You know, Daniel Jones still banged up. And the offense has not gotten going at all this season. We're not expecting it to, to get it done this week. If it finally gets done this week, then we'll kind of, you know, put that into our thinking come next week. But we're not going to sit around and wait. We're going to to take the value while the value's there and I believe this is good value right here it's only swallowing two and a half so they win by three bingo bango it's not that much to swallow here and I believe the Panthers are overall just a better team overall I like the I like the Giants offense on paper more than I like the Panthers offense on paper but obviously paper doesn't matter because the Giants offense has been so atrocious this season look for the Panthers to get way back on track here the defense carries the game folks the defense will carry the game Sam Darnold just play game manager hopefully he can get back to that uh like we said a nice little four three three game skid here for this Panthers team we got three or four skid losses here Panthers what do we got three and three and this updated yeah, three and three heading into this week. So yeah, I mean this is kind of do or die. You're gonna be either above five hundred or below five hundred. I think they can go on the road and be above five hundred. Panthers minus two and a half. Don't have to swallow that much. We'll take that absolutely. 
So our picks this week's in our lock section are Dolphins plus two and a half, Titans plus five, and the Panthers minus two and a half. Alrighty, now let's head to our 99% guarantees here. Alrighty, our first game in our 99% guarantee is going to be the Raiders minus 2.5. Once again, I think it's absolutely great value right here. And this is no disrespect to this Eagles team. I like the Eagles offense. I like Jalen Hurts. But their offense is not ready to be there quite yet. Real young offense. Rookie Devontae Smith. You know, not even 16 games under his belt. Jalen Hurts, rookie head coach out here. So they're still a little bit in that phase of how, figuring out how they can score consistently, how to win games. They haven't really found out how to win the close games quite yet either. So this is a learning process. I'm not saying this Eagles team is bad. This is probably one of the best. What are they? I think they're 2-4 and four at the current moment. Uh, I got it up here. Here we go. Eagles are, yeah, two and four. They're probably the best two and four team in football. They're better than Washington. They're two and four. Uh, okay, we get the 49ers at two and three. I don't know if I put them truly at better. I, I think I put them at the same as the 49ers, honestly. I would say this Eagles team is overall as the same as the 49ers. Uh, we get the Seahawks two and four. Um, I don't know how I feel about the Seahawks team just quite yet. Uh, Atlanta's two and three. They're way better in, than Atlanta. The Colts are two and four. They're way better than the Colts, folks. This Eagles team is better than the Colts. I'll take the Eagles over the Colts any day of the week. Um, what else we got? Two and four teams. New England Patriots. They're better than the Patriots. They're better than the Jets. Uh, they're better overall than the Dolphins are at one and five. Um, I think I like Tua better than Jalen Hurts at the current moment. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, and that's really the only bad team. So yeah, the Eagles are the best two and four team in the league. And I can't stress this enough. I am not banging and knocking this Eagles team. It's just overall what we saw last week with Rich Bisaccia as a head coach for the Raiders. Oh my God, I loved it. The offense was exactly what we know this Raiders offense can be. And now they're at home. Ooh, I think the Eagles have a little bit of a tough test here offensively. I like the Eagles defense. I think it can keep the Raiders decently in check, but I think still at the end of the day, the Raiders are putting up 28 to 30 plus points where the Eagles are going to be struggling to put up maybe 17 to 20. So just pure offense scoreability right here. The Eagles are not there yet. Give them a week. Give them two weeks. Maybe not that soon. Maybe give them five, six weeks heading into the back end of the season where maybe there is still a wild card spot to get caught. I think that's when the Eagles can get it. And if they don't get it this season, they get it next season. Watch out for this Eagles team next year. Just don't think their offense is ready to put up the pace consistently from start to finish. Not said. I mean, that's really kind of what bit them in the butt against that Chiefs team. Taking, a, uh, uh, taking advantage of that poor Chiefs defense. They just couldn't score touchdown, 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 keeping up offensive pace with Patrick Mahomes. I think the game plays out exactly kind of like this one. I don't think as high scoring, but overall the same theme right there. So Raiders minus two and a half, I think is amazing value. Give credit to Rich Bisaccia. Truly everybody's buying in. Week one without John Gruden, no, no problem. We broke it down, folks. They've only had five games under John Gruden's tenure where they put up 34 or more points. Five games. Rich Bisaccia, first game, 34 points. That's great right there. That is absolutely great. And look for that to continue on. Raiders minus two and a half. 
Alrighty, our next pick in our 99% guarantees, and ooh, even better value, folks. I mean, these lines have been changing by a half a point all day long, folks. This Dolphins came down to Dolphins minus two at one, or Dolphins plus two at one point, and now it's back at Dolphins plus two and a, two and a half. So secure the value while you can. Might as well get those half a point hooks, um, you know, for free, so you don't have to buy them. Um, so get those half a point hooks while you can. Our next one just came half a down, a half a point down in our favor. So we thank y'all for that. So here we go. Our next pick is going to be 49ers minus four. This is exactly what we called it. We predicted 49ers minus four. It was 49ers minus four and a half when we looked at it, and now it's 49ers minus four. So Vegas is thinking exactly like us, so we have to take this right here. This Colts team is not a good team. Don't let the uh, final scores fool you from last week. This team does not move the ball consistently through the air. The running attack is very, very solid. That's the best thing about this Colts team, hands down, no debate. Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, and they're still thinking about even trading Marlon Mack here. I think they should stick with the three great running backs because once you trade Marlon Mack, you're going to have to rely on Carson Wentz a little bit more, and we know they just can't do it. Michael Pittman Jr. wasn't even in the equation last week since T.Y. Hilton was, you know, back out there. Why are we just not even throwing to Michael Pittman Jr. and not getting him open? And he wasn't really open that much, you know, when he was the number one without T.Y. Hilton for the bulk of the season so far. So this Colts team, they don't move the ball offensively. They're lackluster offensively. Carson Wentz can't get it done. And this 49ers defense, they don't let you pass the ball, folks. They're a very good rated uh, pass defending team right here. We get Jimmy Garoppolo playing this week as well for the most part. Once again, his job was kind of on the line. Uh, Trey Lance didn't look good, but they still use Trey Lance. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan still saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting guy and all that. But in the back of Jimmy Garoppolo's mind, he knows, hey, if I don't play at a high caliber level, my time's a ticking here. And, you know, whenever Trey Lance is back healthy, they'll go to him. I don't know how early, but I have to kind of secure my job and I do that by winning games and blowing teams out and moving the ball and putting up the points consistently then they will not be able to move off of Jimmy G so his kind of future here in the 49ers is on the line here the Colts just had a a win I don't know if we call it a good win it's a big explosive uh, big shutout win because of three big plays remember we broke this game down already um, and then, you know, what, what gives us good confidence of taking this game this week at the 49ers minus four is because Vegas didn't overvalue the Colts. I mean, that's what we were expecting maybe to get some points here with the 49ers. So the fact that our thinking is truly lining up with the Vegas is thinking we have to kind of just bet on ourselves here. We called it. We predicted it. Vegas agrees. Vegas doesn't lose money. We're, we're siding with Vegas here. 49ers minus four. They get it done. The Colts are not a good team, folks. It's unfortunate. We wanted them to be. They were our preseason Super Bowl champions, but then we saw two weeks of this team, and we're like, yeah, we got to cut it. We got to cut it. Carson Wentz can't even stay healthy. He was healthy for, what, three straight weeks? I think that's a record for him, so maybe he even goes down this game. How crazy would that be? Wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities. 49ers minus four. And then our last pick in our 99% guarantees, and we're kind of believing faith on this one. Uh, a lot of kind of high spreads here, so, so there's not a lot of games to really go for. We're not going to choose. Uh, we're not going to take this Lions-Rams game at a 15.5-point spread. We're not taking Texans-Cardinals at an 18-point spread. We're not taking Bears-Bucks at a 13-point spread. We're not taking any of these big spreads, so it lim limits our options a little bit here, but we're still feeling good about the Jets plus 6.5 here. All righty. 
Zach Wilson coming off of the bye, and we are believing in him 100%. He said, hey, I know what I'm doing wrong. I know how to fix it, and this was after the London game. So he had that bye to figure it all out. He's back to practice this week, working on everything that he kind of figured out what was wrong, and we're expecting a big old performance by Zach Wilson and this Jets offense. We are purely taking the Jets plus six because we are going to believe that Zach Wilson can be a good quarterback in this league. Obviously, we have two rookie quarterbacks going against each other. Uh, Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks. We all know that stat of he's always able to shut down the rookie quarterbacks, but Davis Mills kind of got it done in the first half. Can Zach Wilson get it done? They had a week to prepare. Corey Davis, the big-time matchup, the big-time down-the-field threat. And, uh, you know, can Mac Jones keep up offensive pace? Because we've seen what happens when Mac Jones throw the, throws the ball 30 five plus times in the game it doesn't look that good when they keep them um, you know lower number of passes just being the game manager relying on the running game and the defense to open up some good starting field position the Patriots are usually a little bit more in those games so you know if they just keep running the ball here uh, less less scoring uh, game gets done faster so the plus six and a half here I think is great value I believe, you know, Robert Sala can try and scheme his way to a solid win here. It's the Jets off of a bye, folks, with six and a half points. Division rivals, usually division games are usually close. Jets plus six and a half. We're believing in Zach Wilson, folks. Zach Wilson off the bye. Robert Sala's first bye. I mean, we talk about, you know, Andy Reid's record off a of bye. It's immaculate. This is Robert Sala's first time to get that record up. Your first bye week as a head coach in this league. Are you going to be good like Andy Reid? Are you going to be bad like um, most of the other coaches off of off of a bye, not getting it done? So, Jets plus six and a half. Come on, Zach Wilson. We're betting on you. We're believing in you. Don't spin in our faith face and don't let us down because you don't want to make us angry, folks. <laughs> um, who was the last person that made us angry? Um, I don't even know. I don't even know, honestly. But don't make us angry. We don't want to throw threats around here, but we'll threat. We're threatening We're threatening you, Zach Wilson. Get it done this game. So we're taking the Jets plus six and a half. Zach Wilson off a of bye. We're going to believe in him. So. Alrighty, so those are our three 99% guarantees. Raiders minus two and a half, 49ers minus four, and the Jets plus six and a half. So all of our picks this week, Dolphins plus two, Titans plus five, Panthers minus two and a half, Raiders minus two and a half. 49ers minus four and a half in the Jets plus six and a half, folks. Uh, swallowing points value. I think the Raiders minus two is the best value of you swallowing points. Obviously, we love the Titans plus five. I think that's great value as well. But if you're looking to swallow any points, taking kind of the favorites here, Raiders minus two and a half, I think is the best bet swallowing value this week. All right, let's um, Bengals. This one just moved back up to Bengals plus six and a half. When I checked it uh, prepping for the show, it was at Bengals plus six, folks. And uh, this has kind of been our bonus bet these last two weeks. Bengals plus three. We ended up hitting. Correct. Did that hit? Did that hit against the Packers? Did we hit that one against the Packers? Let me double check. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, I know we hit last week. Bengals minus three and a half. That was our bonus pick against the Lions. Uh, what is this? Is this two weeks ago? Maybe I didn't write it down. Dang it. Um, interesting, interesting. What do we have here? Hmm, I can't remember. Did we take... Ooh, hang on. What was the spread there? Hang on. One second, folks. One second. 
All these numbers, all these weeks flying around in our head. Makes it, it makes us uh, mix it up a little bit here. Uh, but did they cover the spread here? Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, Bengals plus three, and they lose by three against the Packers. That, okay, yeah. So we had one push, one hit for our two bonus picks of the Bengals. And now, you know, they're kind of winning us over. We're gushing over this Bengals team. We're buying into, you know, Jamar Chase and Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow and all that here. So once again, we're posed with the question, do we take the Bengals this week, folks? They've been good these last two weeks. One push when they really should have won. That was the missed field goal game over the Packers they were getting three there at home and then last week only minus three and a half real easy there against the Lions they blow them out so Bengals plus six and a half here over the Ravens and they're on the road like we said this is the true test here for the Bengals so I would love to keep up this our, our special pick streak of taking the Bengals but this is a test game and I don't want to really kind of ruin our Bengals magic that we've really been taking this week every time we've taken the Bengals this season uh you know they've hit or at least uh, pushed they haven't lost so we'll take that so I don't think I want to jeopardize our Bengals magic this week at Bengals plus six and a half. This truly feels like a touchdown game, honestly. And I think that's exactly what Vegas is thinking as well. That's why the line is at six, six and a half here. So if it's seven, you take the six and a half plus six and a half, you lose, unfortunately. Uh, so I just see this being a seven-point game. The way that the Ravens absolutely blew out the Chargers last week, and the Chargers were a, a, a legit team coming into that game. Bengals are a legit team coming into this game. I love the Bengals, and I'm sorry I can't show more faith in this Bengals team this week, and it's no disrespect to the Bengals, I promise. I still think they can keep the game close. Like Maybe they, the, if they do lose this game, I don't think it's by more than 10 points, and that's still a good win over this Ravens team because they are so explosive and one of the best teams in the league. Um, so, uh, uh, we are not going to be taking the Bengals plus six and a half this week. Like I said, no disrespect to this Bengals team, and I'm sorry I can't show more faith in you, but I just see this being a seven-point game. The Ravens win, tie game, two minutes left, fourth quarter, Ravens go down, Lamar Jackson goes down, runs all over the field, and scores a touchdown. They win by seven. I really think that's how this game's going to play out, so no great value here. If we get Bengals plus seven and a half, eight, oh yeah, we'll take that all day, but at six and a half here, right under that touchdown down hook don't think it's great value so we're gonna stay away from it and save and bottle our bangles magic for when we need it and we got to pull out a good win a good win on our bets we take out the bangles magic and hit it so unfortunately we will not be taking the bangles plus six and a half but we're still rooting for the bangles this week i still want to see this team show out show up be consistent and truly start to take over this afc north division rival folks another reason for the six and a half we just can't do it this week unfortunately Alright, so those are all of our official picks. We are staying away from the Bengals plus 6.5. Let's just quickly um, talk about these other spreads. Good value, bad value, all of that. Uh, Packers minus 7.5. I do like that. I do favor the swallowing the points there. We can't buy this Washington offense, so I don't think the plus 7.5 there is that great value. Uh, what else do we get? Um, Lions, Rams. Yeah, take the Rams minus 15 and a half once again. Um, but maybe you don't. This is why I would stay away from this game. Way too big of a spread. Backdoor cover, wonky action. Uh, Dan Campbell just called out Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford revenge game. Just a lot going on. I don't think it's good value anywhere. I mean, we're talking about three possessions, folks, and it's just not great value. Um, what else do we get? Cardinals, Texans. Once again, t uh, Cardinals minus 18. It's not great value either way. Three possessions. Possessions, backdoor covers, all of that. Maybe Davis Mills finally gets back on track this week. Maybe. Maybe the offense can move this week. Maybe the Cardinals have a little bit of a stinker. Remember against the 49ers, they only put up 17 points. I mean, if they do that again,
then you win right off the rip because you get 18 points. So I would stay away from that. Bears, Bucks, Bears plus 13 I think is good value, but uh, is the defense going to be able to step up? I think this is, uh, if you're going to take a big spread overall this weekend, I think you take the Bears plus 13. Of all the big, ginormous spreads here, Bears plus 13 is the best pick. So this is going to be our bonus pick. We're going to do a bonus pick here. Big spread alert. Big spread. Big chance of getting a lot of points. Um, we're taking the Bears plus 13 right here. I believe Justin Fields can keep it close. I believe Matt Nagy is going to, you know, he is a little conservative in play calling. Runs out the clock a little bit. And this Bears defense has just went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Packers offense. That's a good first sign here to try and keep up scoring pace with this Bucks offense. Because we know the Bucks offense is a little bit better overall than the Green Bay offense. But this Bears team is right ready for the fight against these high-caliber, high-powered offenses. Uh, Justin Fields has shown that he can try and keep the game a little bit close, got a little carried away in the fourth quarter a little bit. Packers were able to open it up. But I would expect this Bears defense to get after Brady. This Bucks defense taking a couple of hits as well. Expect Justin Fields. I mean, we've just been seeing him grow and be getting better every single week right here. Truly, I think he's coming along the fastest of all the rookie quarterbacks. I don't think he's the best rookie just yet. What Trevor Lawrence is showing so far is really, really great. Um, especially with the whole Urban Meyer thing and even having Urban Meyer as a head coach. And, you know, not the greatest weapons overall and all of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, Justin Fields, he's coming along really, really well here I think the Bears can keep it close so our bonus pick of all the big spreads this week we're taking the Bears plus 13 I think that's the best value um, and then the Saints Seahawks Seahawks plus four and a half Saints minus four and a half I like the Seahawks plus four and a half if you're leaning towards that side the Monday night game uh, Geno Smith has been able to keep it close and he's turned over the ball twice uh, and they both come at the end of the game on the final drives here so one his fault uh, the interception was his fault the fumble wasn't his fault here and then you get the the Saints coming off of a bye but are they gonna be good I just don't buy Jameis I just don't buy the offense I buy Jameis Winston as a good quarterback I just don't understand what this Saints offense has been doing and you know this is why we're staying away from this game because Saints coming off of a bye maybe they finally started to expand this playbook and they're like all right the first couple of weeks here we're just to get our kind of beaks wet here this season and now we're going to turn it flip it 180 we're a high-powered offense now and starts throwing the ball down the field and that's going to help out Jameis Winston he can make all the throws we know he can do that so we'll see how the Saints play this game and then we'll go from here on uh, how we gauge the Saints but I would stay away from the Saints Seahawks spread this week because we don't know what we're getting from the Saints offense Alrighty, that is all of our picks and all of our advice overall betting this week in the NFL, folks. Alrighty, let's uh, close out the show here. Let's break down Sam Darnold here. Uh, we couldn't get to this uh, throughout the week, unfortunately. I think we have a little bit of time here. We can do maybe 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. I want to go over this quickly, folks. I don't want to spend a lot of time on here, but we had 24 incompletions here. 24, yes. 24 incomplete passes here by Sam Darnold over the Vikings. Were they on him or were they on the receiver? So we're going to take all these throws in the broadcast, all the incompletions here. The interception as well to see if they are on Sam Darnold. We've got uh, Sam Darnold's fault and not Sam Darnold's fault on these 24 incompletions plus the interception as well. And we'll see if Sam Darnold was making the mistakes of... Uh, I know we already taken this uh, Panthers minus 2.5 here in our picks before we investigate all this. But, I mean, why we're taking the Panthers minus 2.5 has nothing to do with Sam Darnold. It's more majority the Panthers defense not allowing the Giants offense to do anything all game. So, Sam Darnold is really not going to 
to play a factor, I believe, this week. Uh, but we just want to get a gauge here on our Sam Darnold gauge because uh, he's below our our line of buying him and kind of betting him consistently. Um, obviously, he's going against the Giants, so that's not going to be a hard game to to win overall. And like I said, the defense can carry them over the Giants. Uh, but uh, let's see what Sam Darnold was throwing here against the Vikings and why they just lost three straight games. So. Let's just go down the list here. The uh, the all 22 is up, so we can just click the plays that we want to see, and we're just gonna focus on the incompletion. So we'll see quickly. Um, it's just gonna we're not gonna investigate too much. We're gonna try and see it on first watch. We want to get over this quickly. This could get a little long. You know how we go over here. Uh, we could make this into like a two-hour segment, and we definitely don't want to do that. So here we go. First play of the game is the interception here by Sam Darnold. Let's see. Was this on him? We're gonna take all these from the broadcast view, so we can get a nice uh, glimpse at the field level uh, ball. And look at all this time to throw. All this time to throw, and you decide to throw a pick. I mean, this is a comeback route, and he, I mean, this is real bad. I mean, you can't be throwing this ball. This is on Sam Darnold. All this time to throw, and this is what you did, decided to do with the ball. Once again, great job by the defender to kind of, you know, play the ball how he did and was able to jump the route here. But Sam Darnold, what the hell are we doing? Uh, getting off to a bad start. Absolutely trash. That's on Sam Darnold. We're putting that on him. All right, here we go. Passing complete right here. There is this passing complete right here that is up next that is not on the broadcast. So this will be kind of our tiebreaker. We'll come back to this one in the sideline. Hopefully it's up in the sideline. But let's keep going here with this incomplete pass. Here we go. Second and 15, incomplete pass on Sam Darnold or not. Here we go. We got 24 of these. Jeez Louise. This may be a mistake. Uh, but here we go. Sam Darnold running up and way over the head of everybody. Yeah, he was just trying to throw on the run quickly here. But that's an incomplete on Sam Darnold. That's 100% on him. So it's maybe a good decision to throw it away. But that's not what we're showing here. We're looking at drops versus Sam Darnold just not finding the open receiver. And we're not getting into that. Oh, did he make the right read and all that. We're just looking at pure passing incompletions. Alrighty, when's the next incompletion coming? Here we go. Next one up. We get a third and 15. So, trying to go for it all here. Here we go. Empty backfield. Sam E.D. What do you got for us? Here we go. Single step drop. And that seemed to be very high. Let's watch this one one more time. Here we go. It's going to be a slant route at the top of the screen. And that's got to be caught right there. That's definitely got to be caught. Receiver coming over the middle right there. Didn't want to get hit. Didn't catch the ball. That was a good opportunity there by Sam Darnold. Alrighty, next incompletion. What do we got? Next drive. Here we go. Oh, we got three in a row. Oof. Three and out. Three straight incompletions by Sammy D. What do we got? All on him. Let's see. Here we go. They're down 12 to 7. So, I mean, still in the game. Got to make a move here. Cannot have three straight incompletions. First one, he's taking a shot. And, ooh, that's a good ball right there by Sam Darnold right there. We're not going to put that one on him. Alrighty, next play up. He took the deep shot there, which we absolutely appreciate as well. Here we go. Next play up. Sam Darnold buying all the time and just throws it away. We're going to – that's a throwaway though. All right. That's a, we'll classify a throwaway as well. That was a throwaway. A pure throwaway. The other one that we just watched a couple seconds ago, that I'm not classifying that as a throwaway. Here we go. Sam Darnold. And that hits him right in the mother-loving chest. That is on the receiver. Sheesh. Sheesh. All right. That's three straight incompletions right there. Not all on Sam Darnold. None of those were on Sam Darnold. All righty. Next, uh, next 
plays up here. Next incompletions. We get back-to-back. All righty, back-to-back incompletions. Let's see. They're at midfield, still only down 12-7. Take advantage of this situation. Get back in the game. Play action pass, no time to throw. And unfortunately, he still was able to kind of get this ball near Robbie Anderson. I know you're getting pressured, but this man is wide open now. You just got to float this one. You got to find a way to get it to Robbie Anderson right there. So I'm putting that one on Sam Darnold. Got to get it to your receiver there. Alrighty, next play. Next incompletion. Second and 10 at midfield. Very next play. Here we go. Sam Darnold, play action. Ooh, this was way covered. That was like triple cover trying to fit that ball in. That is on Sam Darnold right there. Alrighty, we're going through these pretty quickly. I'm liking it. Alright, we can keep going here. Alrighty, next incompletion. We get two back-to-back -back again. Love it. Here we go. First and 10, down two points now, over midfield. Come on, take advantage. Here we go, Sam Darnold, and that's on the receiver. Just trying to hit the uh, dink route to Chuba Hubbard, and he could not hold on. Here we go, next play up. Now on second and 10, another incompletion. Here we go, Sam Darnold, quick throw, and that is on Sam Darnold. Almost picked, should have been picked. Did not get the ball over the linebackers. Uh, the receiver was open, got to put it on him, though. Alrighty, that was all of them in the first half. So in the first half, we had five Sam Darnold faults of bad passes, incompletions, or um, interceptions. Um, so five on Sam Darnold, four on not Sam Darnold, and one throwaway. Um, so kind of 50-50 there, which is not good because, you know, if your receivers are having a bad game, you throwing bad passes is getting in that rhythm of, you know, now you're not helping your receivers. And, you know, we're not putting all this on Sam Donald, folks. That's not what we're doing as of yet. We'll see how the second half goes. Uh, but what we're seeing so far, if your receivers are having a bad day, you must do everything in your power. You are the quarterback. You are the distributor of the football. You must make it as easy as possible to break their kind of bad streak of all the dropses, of all the drops. And when they finally don't drop the ball, then that's when you should be 100% accurate. And I know you don't know when they're going to not drop the ball, so you just have to be 100% accurate the entire game. Um, you can't feed and fuel into the dysfunction of the offense. I mean, look at this, folks. The first drive at a halftime, 11 plays for only 8 yards. How do you go 11 plays and get 8 yards, folks? That's absolutely – and chew up 5 minutes. Like, what are we doing? the hell is going on? All these sacks and penalties, you're lucky we're not analyzing the sacks of should he have gotten the, rid of the ball and all that. Uh, so we're just looking at pure incompletions here. First incompletion here. This is the only incompletion on this 11-play, 8-yard drive. Let's see how this one looks. Here we go. Second and 8. Still only down 2 points. Jeez Louise. Plenty of time to throw this ball. Looking to escape and then just kind of throws it away. And this one's on Sam Darnold as well. We're going to put this one on Sam Darnold. So much time to throw. And then throws it so badly the receiver can't even catch it and if the receiver did catch it it would have gone for basically no yards I understand that but it's still once again building the tempo building the confidence getting better you can't just be throwing these incompletions like that all right here we go next incompletion up here we go we get a fumble by Sam Darnold unfortunate all right here we go passing complete on second and eight here we go they're down 25 to 17 at this point. Second and eight. Plenty of time to throw. He could have ran it if he wanted it. Oh, he throws it, and this one's off the hands of the receivers. Gosh dang. Gotta help out Sam Darnold here. That was a great throw by him. Great decision as well. Unfortunate incompletion. All righty. Next incompletion. What do we got? Here we go. 
We get a first and 10 at their own 30-yard line. What are they down? Are they down at this point? Yeah, they are. Down 11, 28-17. Cannot be messing around here in the fourth quarter. Here we go. Sam Darnold going downfield. And this is, I don't even think this is catchable. He takes a shot, but it's not even catchable. We're going to put this on Sam Darnold. Let's watch this one one more time. And this one just goes way out of bounds. Not even giving your receiver a chance. I know he's not open, but you still got to give your receiver a chance. Put it where they can only get it. Uh, so we're going to count that one for Sam Darnold. All righty. Next incompletion up. We got another one. Here we go. We got a second and eight at their own 46-yard line. What is this incompletion looking like? Here we go. Still down. Uh, or no, hang on. Hang on. This one we've watched already. Let me close this one so I don't go back to that. Okay, here we go. This incomplete pass on first and 10. And then he's going to fumble the ball on the very next play. So, not great. Down 11, fumbling the ball here at midfield. Yikes. All right, let's see what leads to the fumble here. Plenty of time to throw. He's going deep. And once again, not even giving your receiver a chance. This is wide out of bounds right here. This is on Sam Darnold. Give your receiver a chance at minimum. He's not doing that. All right, here we go. What else do we got? Where's these other uh, incompletions coming from? Here we go. Incomplete here. First and goal from the five. Ooh, these are going to be interesting. How is Sam Darnold looking? Finally getting to the red zone. Finally, they were able to claw their way to the red zone. Here we go. Sam Darnold in the red zone. First and goal from the five-yard line. Dropping back to pass. Rolling out of the pocket, throwing it, and ooh, this is a good throw right here. That is on the receiver. Well done by Sam Darnold, keeping his eyes down the field right here. Escaping out of the pocket. And boom, that's got to be caught right there. That's a real good ball placement right there, giving your receiver a chance. That's what we want to see. We'll put that on the receiver. All right, next interception, I think again in the red zone. We get another incompletion. They run it for no game, and then a pass incomplete on third and goal. You've got to figure out a way because they score only a field goal here. You've got to punch it in for seven, folks. You all know how we feel about that. Here we go. Sam Darnold, plenty of time to throw. Rolling out of the pocket again here like he just did on the first and goal, and now no chance right here. Just throws it away. You can't be doing that in the red zone. Give somebody an opportunity. Throw the damn ball. Try. You're down 11. Yeah, obviously kicking a field goal keeps you in the game, but with four minutes left, now you have to score a touchdown, and they do that, so we give them credit. And we already gave Sam Darnold the credit, folks. We're not, uh, you know, we have already gave him the credit for that fourth down comeback. Absolutely great on fourth downs. We already gave him the credit for that, folks. So don't come at me in the comments and be like, well, what about this play? What about that? Yeah, we already gave him the credit. This is a new thing. We're looking at just the incompletions here. Alrighty, so ooh, incompletions in the red zone. We do not like that. Alrighty, here we go. Four inc or three incompletions in a row. Then they hit, you know, Ian Thomas, the tight end, tight end university. Shout out to him. Uh, but then they go to 41 yards. So let's see what Sam Darnold was looking like here on these incompletions that led up to the big fourth down strike. Two times, <laughs> two times. So here we go. Incompletion from his own four yard line. Let's zoom in a little bit here. Here we go. Sam Darnold throwing from his own uh, his own end zone, going deep and ooh, this is a good ball right here. I think lost in the shadows a little bit right here, and that may be why the receiver did not catch it. But that's a good throw and a good stretch of the field vertically by Sam Darnold. We're not putting that on him. All right, very next play, another incompletion. Let's see what this one's looking like. Here we go. Sam Darnold, once again, comfortable, and ooh, that's just a dink down, and the running back has to catch that, sheesh, or whoever that is, whoever just dinked down five yards right there. Alrighty, third and ten now, another incompletion, here we go, Sam Darnold, 
over the middle of the field. And once again, another drop there by the receiver. 100% on the receivers falls. Robbie Anderson, really poor performance. And then we'll watch this one. We'll watch this one for y'all, folks. I already know what the comments are coming. This is a fantastic throw by Sam Donald on fourth and four. Ooh, big strike over the middle. Sheesh, man, oh, man. That is absolutely right on the money. That is fantastic by Sam Donald. We absolutely love that. So are you happy now, folks? There's your Sam Darnold praise. There it is. All right, now we're going to get another incompletion right here. We're getting down. I think, are these the last two? No, a couple more. All right, let's see. Here we go. Next incompletion. Moving the ball here, going deep, and oh, got to catch this one again. Sam Darnold puts it right on the money right there. That was fantastic. All right, they run the ball right here, and this incompletion up on third and six. Here we go. Third and six down, 8.54 seconds left. One stop and hit some quick, and that's really inexcusable. That's like the worst drop we've seen so far today. Man, oh, man, that was right on the money by Sam Darnold. All right, those all the incompletions. We got any more up here? What do we got? Any more, or were those all of them? End of half, we get that one. Alrighty, so uh, those were all the incompletions by Sam Darnold, so let's tally the results. We've got nine. Nine on Sam Darnold. 11 not Sam Darnold. One throwaway. So I don't know how we – did I do the math wrong? I've got 24 incompletions. Uh, 41 minus 17. Is that not 24? 24 plus 17? 34? 40? One. Maybe I skipped some? Well, that's unfortunate. I don't know which ones I've already counted. So uh, that's what we're going to leave it at. <laughs> we're going to leave it at 9 on Sam Darnold, 11 not Sam Darnold, 1 true throwaway, and that gives us 21. So we missed 3 somewhere. So we'll give Sam Darnold the benefit of the doubt here. A lot more on the receivers, obviously, than on Sam Darnold. And we critiqued Sam Darnold a little bit on those kind of, you know, throwaways a little bit too harshly. So overall, it wasn't really Sam Darnold. It was these receivers here, once again, giving us a little bit more confidence in our Panthers minus two and a half for this week's pick. So just a real bad game overall by Carolina, but they must shake it off here. This is the winnable game to get back on track. They're three and three. Choose your path up five or above 500, below 500. It rests on this Panthers team. We'll see if the receivers shake this off. If Sam Darnold kind of you know shakes this off as well a little bit, and they get going against a poor offense in the Giants. So winnable game. We'll see if they go out and win it. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We are back live tomorrow, noon Eastern. Um, do uh, What are we doing tomorrow? We're uh, potentially looking at the machines. The machines may want their revenge. We're 1-1 one one against the machines this season, and we'll see how our picks stack up to the machines this week if the NFL.com posts the video, which uh, they have done every single week. So we'll do that. We'll do our NBA 10. Uh, probably a little bit more time in the NBA. A lot of games on tomorrow, um, so we could do a nice little NBA segment tomorrow. Fantastic! So, we got that on the show tomorrow. going to be great. Come join us live tomorrow, noon Eastern, doing it all over again, folks. So, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we are back tomorrow, live, noon Eastern. All right.